Super Talk Mississippi Media Production. You're listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Covering Mississippi State sports like nobody else. Sports Talk Mississippi's Brian Haydad, along with Joel Coleman of Sports Illustrated's Cowbell Corner, give you an inside look at the Bulldogs on the field, the court, and the diamond. Now, get ready for thunder and lightning. This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Joel T. Coleman here with you on a Tuesday morning. We're glad that you've joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women taking care of us across the world. We want to thank our sponsors, Strange Brew Coffeehouse and Churn and Spoon Ice Cream. We came up with another million-dollar idea for Shane today. I don't know if yeah, you saw that. I saw that. Bluff City Brew. Yeah. It needs to happen. I mean, Shane is just – he's just giving money away at this point. I don't, I don't get it. Yeah, and – you know, I know that you got to have real estate and buy a building and all that whole nine yards, but I mean, till you figure all that out, Shane, I mean, you could just set up a tent, couldn't you? I mean, kids, kids have been selling lemonade from the front yard for years. Couldn't you just sell Strange Brew from a street corner? Why not? With a tent? He's got, he's got, a, he's got cute kids. Yeah. Put them out in front of this, yeah. of this uh, operation. Cardboard sign. Yeah. I gave some kids a $5 bill the other day on Greensboro Street. Was driving through, they were selling lemonade in the front yard. I was like, hey, don't need your lemonade. Here's your five. Look at you. Yeah. Very nice. I mean, that, that could be Cal T and Cade one day selling they, lemonade. It probably will yard, be. So I probably need somebody to give them a five. So. They're going to be selling uh, used Braves merchandise because, you know, as you keep growing <laughs> older, you're going to get rid of and get new shirts in. I've got it figured out, though, for them. Uh huh. They need to be the Atlanta Hammers after. I wasn't going. I wasn't going. There. Oh, I thought that's where you were going. No, I just meant like you keep accumulating. Eventually, you're going to run out of. Oh, okay. Space. I thought you were saying that. No, I no, no, no. I was. I'm not going down that road today. Yeah, I was surprised that you were going that way. but no. come to find out, you were not going. I was that not way. going okay. that way. Nobody gets my humor these days, evidently. Uh, anyway, head over to Strange Brew. Let them take care of you. Go to the drive-through. Go through the walk-up window over on University Drive. Check out Brew Below if you're in the Tupelo area. Wherever you are, you can get a great drink at Strange Brew Coffee House. We're talking about giving money away. Let's talk about College Corner because they're still doing it. They are still just giving it away. 30% off of any purchase on a gift card. I'm sorry, any gift card purchase. You want to buy a gift card, you want to buy a $100 gift card, you only have to spend $70. So you can get a brand new polo and still have 30 still have thirty more dollars. I figured out another way to look at it. Here we go. Okay. Imagine if you go to buy a polo. Okay. You pay for the polo and then they just give you 30 bucks back. And you're like, wait, wait, I gave you exact change. No, no, sir. Here's 30 more dollars. For you, for the thanks. So if you haven't taken advantage of that, what are you doing? I don't know what you're waiting on. They should be they should be getting tired of they, they should have gone through like a third and fourth printing of gift cards on there. They should be writing gift cards on the back of, of just receipt paper. We don't have any more gift cards. Just use this. <laughs> you know, we'll just write your name down and a number, and we'll just keep a tab for you like your norm at Cheers. Something like that. They got to figure it out. So collegecornerstore.com. Buy a gift card for only 30% off. Or thirty percent. You get thirty percent off that those purchases. You can't go wrong at collegecornerstore.com. All right, and our good friends over at Advantage Business Systems want you to know that right now might be the time that you're looking to upgrade things at your business. So you should give them a call today because they have forty five years of coming up with solutions for businesses just like yours. Whatever it is that you're looking to do, if you look to improve your office equipment right now, your your copiers, your computers, your printers. 
Those are all good ideas. If you think that maybe you need to upgrade your software, your mailing systems, your information management, again, these are solutions they have for you. Whatever it is you're looking to do with your business, Advantage Business Systems has a way for you to be more profitable and for better performance. So give them a call today, 844-833-6245, or visit them online at absms.com. Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. Now, we about to do some business. Something like that. That's one way of, of looking at it, sure. Uh, so here's the deal. We said uh, about a month or so ago that we were going to you know, move forward in a way that football was happening on time, and we were going to, we were going to move that. And I, I believe that it could still happen. There's still a chance. But I, I think anybody who looks at the way things are going right now, and that's not to say that you know, I'm not one of these you know, fear porn people, that I think that the world is just crumbling around us. But at the end of the day, the case, our case numbers continue to rise. They, 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 aren't, they aren't going down. And so that's going to put a wrench into things. And it could put, put, possibly, possibly delay the start of the college football season. I think right now that at best it's 50-50. That's at best that we start on September 5th. So what Joel and I have come up with after hours of research... We have, we have so much work we have put into this. We have come up with the Haydad Coleman proposal. By the sweat of our brow. That's right. After a lot of tears and yelling and fighting. Blood. We have, sweat. We've come up with what we feel is a reasonable and manageable solution. A way to start college football a little later. To get almost all the games in. To accommodate a lot of fans. Not everybody. And to get the season going. And when this is said and done, yeah. you're going to have co-commissioners of the Southeastern Conference. Greg Sankey's out. Thunder and lightning are in. Well, that's bad news for some people. Let's go ahead and tell you right now. Some <laughs> officials are going to get going to be getting the axe. There might be a certain school or two that might need to look into some of their dealings. Might need to operate in a you know very efficient manner. How awesome would that be if Chuck Dunlap sending out SEC releases and, yeah. and like Twitter graphics and at the bottom instead of Commissioner Greg Sankey, it's co-commissioners thunder and lightning. It'll be like when Flair and McMahon ran WWE. You know? <laughs> because we're partners! <laughs> Alright. Here is our solution. I hope you enjoy it. We're going to start the season a month late. That's our first thing. We're going to start on Saturday, October the 3rd. That's going to be your first game of the season. Do I get to, even though my name's on this, do I get to kind of pick it apart as we go? Yeah, if you got some questions, I definitely want to hear. Okay, them. I already have a question. All right, go right ahead. <laughs> Who knows? I mean, that's the first thing, but all we hear is talk of the second wave mm-hmm. of the coronavirus. Um, if this is a cold weather virus, you are perhaps starting it slap dab in the middle of second wave. Right. So that's first. Well, I, I get where you're coming from. First off, we're talking about second wave. We're still in the first wave here. And it's <laughs> or just, are we? Are we in the second? I wave? I think we're in the. I think we're still in the first wave. We never got out of it. Yeah. Um. And so I think you know, we're, if you if you go into this today, you've bought yourself another month. Yeah. Right. To to come up with better ideas. But for me, I think I think you're going to be. I think. I tend to think eventually we're going to run out of people in this state. I mean, it's only two million, two, two, three million people. <laughs> and at the rate we were going the other day, as yeah, we're burning test, through them, we'll here. be done by Christmas. All right, and you know, and for the most part, you know, the the good news is as the testing goes up and the positive goes up, the deaths aren't seem aren't 
climbing at that same yeah. percent. Yeah, we're getting a lot of positives, yeah. but we're not getting a lot new of new deaths. Yeah. And I think so. uh, I think some of that's because they're testing more, and, and there's a lot of young people getting. There's it. a lot of young people now, and I am not one of these people who's like, well, deaths are all that matter. To me, the, the most important number is hospitalizations, because if it's bad enough that you have to go to the hospital, you're, you're really sick. I mean, think about our friend David Johnson up at Ole Miss. He didn't die. But man, he got wiped out for months. You know, he he was in a coma. And I haven't spoken to him, but yeah. I would guess that he's probably going to have be impacted by that for maybe the rest of his life. Yes. All right. So yeah, if you get the hospitalization rate is the number that I care the most about. You know, because the death rate is important, but it seems to be pretty steady. You know, if hospitalizations blow up, that's a problem. <clears throat> but we're gonna do, we're gonna try to get through this here. We're gonna go October third. Okay. All right. For attendance, this is my solution. And it's going to make some people upset, but I don't think there's any way you can do it and not make some people upset. That's just the way it is. So we're going to have to look at this from a business perspective. And who are we going to make upset? The people who pay the least. It's just that simple. If you pay the least, you're going to be out. So I think what we're going to have to do is, I think we can keep, I think we can keep the majority of your premium seating in place. I think that the, the club level, the scoreboard club, the, the the sky boxes, can all be, can all for the most part operate at normal capacity, or at least close to it. When, when here's a question. Okay, it's my proposal. I should know the answer. Uh, when you are indoors, mm-hmm. in the club level, yeah, is a mask reti- retired we're, required? We're going to get to that in just a second. Okay. Uh, I think you can give away. I think the gridiron is that place is always so packed down there, especially once the game starts and everybody just comes up. There's not going to be a gridiron this year under the Haydad Coleman proposal. Okay, no gridiron seating. If you've already paid for your gridiron, you have the op. You have the option, and maybe those can be like the first people that we look at for general admission. I don't know, but the gridiron is a place though that is it's not a ticket. That's not. A t- right? I think that's pass. in addition. So to then your- that's just going to get refunded. You're just, you're, there's not going to be a gridiron this year. Yeah, I think for student tickets. You can give them half, half of the student tickets. And then you're going to have to, you know, well, we'll get to that in just a second. Well, you could also divvy that up. Like, if you had 1,200 students that wanted tickets, mm-hmm. well, I don't know, maybe this is getting too, too deep in the weeds, but 6,000 of them get half the games and the other 6,000 get another half we the games. And out. you just got to rotate who goes to what game. Yeah, you have to figure it out. But you're not going to be able to put more than half the students in there. And then I would say another five to maybe 10,000 total in the stadium in general admission. So we're talking about the, the two upper decks and the two lower decks general admission seat. And that's just going to be based off Bulldog Club priority. So basically we've got a 50% full stadium. At, at best. At best. I think you're going to have to require a waiver from everybody who comes in. So basically you're just going to put it on the ticket. By using this ticket, I absolve Mississippi State of any responsibility should I come under the coronavirus. Yeah, and if you think that's stupid, your tickets usually already have things like yeah. when you go to baseball. You can't bring a if gun. I get, if I get hit in the head with a baseball, I can't sue. Can right, I deal? exactly. Like, yeah, that, that, that ticket's going to represent a legal binding contract that you can't sue the university if you get COVID-19. Yeah. And then they're going to have to require masks. I think they're going to have Even to require. Even outdoors? Yes. And now there's going to have to be, because if you eat, you're going to, you know, you're, you're allowed to eat. But they're going to have to be strict about it, too. They're going to have to have security. And, you know, they're going to have to do it. And if you're sitting there with your mask off, they're going to be like, sir, you need to put your mask on or we're going to have to ask you to leave. Simple as that. 
And if he's swearing, he says, well, I won't wear a mask. Well, then you won't come to the game. I kind of think that if you are in the general seating area, like this is And you got to observe social distancing, too. Yes. And so, in my opinion, I think you could do something like if you are in the concourse or, you know, under the stadium or in the bathroom or uh, in line at the concession stand or inside the club level, whatever, mask on. But I think that if you are in the general seating area, it might need to be optional. Because like you said, people are going to eat nachos. They're going to be... If they're eating or drinking, they're allowed to have their mask off. But if they are not, they have to have their mask on. Because then I think you run into issues like, what if it's 90 degrees? Well, that's you why know, I'm pushing the... To that, October, I guess that helps. Yeah, but. that's why that, that was one of the main reasons. Because I think masks are going to be required. I think masks are going to be required under any proposal. So... Might as well move the season back to it's a little bit cooler. Another thing I think is going to happen as far as the premium seating goes, not maybe not in the skyboxes because that's a little bit different because you've got everybody you know in there, but I don't think there's going to be communal food in the club levels. I think it'll be yeah. hamburgers and hot dogs. There's like something they can hand you, yeah. and then that's it. It's not where we're going back and forth to the, to the buffet and everybody's touching stuff. With that in mind, we didn't touch on this. Are we tailgating before? That's going to be a very difficult thing to legislate. I don't know. I think you've either got to go all in with it or you can't do it at all. Well, the, the problem is you're going to have people who are like, well, I don't have tickets, but I want to go up there and tailgate and sit outside the stadium. Um, that's going to be very difficult. I, I don't my know. gut instinct, and this is not for me, somebody telling me this, my gut instinct is it's not going to happen. I don't see how it can right now. Yeah. But, you know, give me an extra month and let me look. Yeah. You know, that's something I'm 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 not prepared to, to I'm not prepared to address yeah. that at this time. That is not part of the Coleman Haydad plan. Yeah, we, we will we will we are not prepared to address that at this time. So we've got we start October the third. I'm sorry, yeah, October third. We have no bye weeks. We're going to play eleven games, and each team is going to have to make a decision to of what non-conference game they want to cut, and in that decision should again be based on money. You should cut the game that affects the other team the least. So what I mean by that is this. Mississippi State should cut the North Carolina State game. North Carolina State can survive not having Mississippi State come there. Alabama A&M cannot survive not getting this million-dollar check from Mississippi State. They need it. So we're going to have to have a little charity, a little charitable contribution, basically. Everybody's got a game like that. Ole Miss would cut Baylor, basically. They would just, you know, they would just tell their fans, hey, we're not going to travel. And in all reality, if you can cut a road game or any game where you can travel, the better. Yeah. I, my, my picking apart there would be, like, what if there's a school that, like, NC State, I don't know who else they play. I'm just using them as an example here. What if there's another school that that's the one that would make sense to cut? And then so all of a sudden they've lost two or three games, you know, kind of thing. So NC State, looking at their schedule – their non-conference games were Mississippi State, Troy, uh, Delaware, and I think that's it. They play MSU, Troy, Delaware, Liberty. Mississippi State's the game to cut there. So, I mean, there's got to just be yeah. some back and forth. You have to figure it out. That's between that's for the schools to do. But right now, you're going to have to play 11 games. Or you can cut the conference championship game, which I don't think anybody wants to do because there's too much money involved. So 11 weekends takes us... To I'm changing my mind on the Coleman Haydad proposal a little bit. You don't like it? I like it, but I think I like another one better, but we'll talk about it okay. after, after we talk about this one. So with my proposal, the regular season would end on Saturday the 12th. So that's when the Egg Bowl would be, December the 12th. 
You play all your conference championship games on the 19th, and then you're off. You're off from the 20th through January the 7th. That gives everybody a Christmas break and everything else. You come back, you start playing bowl games on Friday the 8th. Those bowl games will go through uh, the first week of February. The playoff games will be on January uh, the 30th. And, I mean, at this point, you can put play all the playoff games on the 30th, and you don't have to hold do the whole stupid Rose Bowl has to be on New Year's Day because there are no games on New Year's Day. Yeah. And then you play the national championship game on Monday the 8th of February, which would be the day after the Super Bowl, which would be really, really cool, I think. That would be really cool. That's the best part of this plan to me Yeah, is the fact that you would have Super Bowl Sunday followed by national championship Monday. You have to eliminate the early signing period. There's no way that can happen. And then you have to push back the school signing, the the February signing period. We'll probably just push back a month and do it. If you could do it the week, a month after, you could go on Wednesday the 10th of March. That gives everybody a month to do official visits and everything else that they need to do in that time. That's how. That's what I'm. That's what I've come up with. Yeah. Now it's very basic. There's probably a ton of questions. If you have some, Joel, what what are, what are you thinking? What are your problems with it right now? Eleven straight weeks with no bye week. It's tough. If you, if you have an outbreak on your team, you're screwed. I mean, there's no other way. But to say that's true. It. That's true anyway. That's true right now. Yeah, but. Yeah, but maybe you could, if you had a bye week or some flexibility in the scheduling, maybe there would be something you could do. I don't know. I I worry about the cancel the cancel the non conference game that hurts the other opponent the least because I'm worried in the fact that that may impact a team that has two or three different schools call and say, hey, we're canceling you, and then that just gets things out of whack. I think that the answer here, at the end of the day to have a football season is you're just going to have to, for the entire Power Five, you just play in conference. You just have an in-conference season to where you... You play 12 conference games? Well, I don't know if you play to. I mean, I think it'd be really cool. You're adding a game by doing this. If you played, uh, there's no third, way we if play. you don't play an SEC championship, which I don't know how you work that out because of the money involved in the TV rights and stuff, but you just play a 13 game schedule and the SEC plays. You're gonna have to play an SEC. Play an SEC you are. So I guess in the, in my instance, be the top two. you would just have to basically you play all your West opponents. Play you know the West plays the West, the East plays the East, and maybe you do have a couple of. Basically, play your your SEC schedule as scheduled, so you, but you're, just you're change for, the you, dates. Yeah, you got to put you got to pick up. You you're, play your schedule that you have this year from mm-hmm. an SEC standpoint, uh-huh. and, and you just cut out your non conference games. Right, but then you got to you got to make the non conference games into conference games, or you just want to play eight games. Yeah, like because then that that oh. makes up for the. The, the problem there is then you're cutting you're cutting home games. Yeah, you, that's too much revenue lost. I think, but if there's they may be losing revenue doing well. I mean, because it, it, there isn't there is a scenario here where it's going to cost them to play a home game. Yeah, because no. there's not enough people in the stands, and they got to pay people to that's staff why the game. With my system, you, you've you've kept your big donors in. Yeah, and those are the guys. You know, the premium seat, premium seating, and TV money is probably enough to carry you through. I mean, are you really making a, a lot of money on those those on those general admission tickets? Probably not. 
I don't know. I mean, if, and who knows? You might see an, up, an uptick in donating if people are like, okay, I got to up my Bulldog Club priority if I want to get a general admission seat. Maybe. You know? I tell you what, doing this does hmm. gives you a headache and makes you appreciate the people that actually have to make these decisions. Oh, it's going to be tough. I mean, because there is no, the bottom line with all this is there is, there's no perfect answer. It, it just isn't. I think in every solution, you know, in every question in life, we all try to find the perfect answer. Here's the perfect solution. Here's what you do. And I don't think there is anything that anybody can decide where most people are going to sit back and say, you know what? That's that's perfect. No, there's there, no, there is no perfect answer. There's no right answer, even. And people are going to be mad. Um, people are going to be upset. But there's going to have to be some alterations at, at this point, I feel. I, I just don't see how – I don't see how we're going to play football on September 5th today. Well, I could be wrong. I don't either. I think that – that step one to all this is, and I know Mississippi State's planning on this. Students have to be going to classes. You would think on campus, like today. I think Harvard announced that they're not going to have kids on campus for classes. I believe that's right. I right. believe that's the way I read it. If if kids aren't able to go to class, how can you tell student athletes um, can't go to class? That's not safe. But we but, can bring you in. A, but yeah. you go play football. Yeah. No, that's 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 a question that people are going to have to answer at that juncture. The college athletes are cash cows. Yeah. And that's where we really get into a road of you've got to pay those guys if yeah. you're telling them yeah. that it's not safe for you to go to class, but we need you to play football so we can make our money. I agree. I agree with I, you. That, that's, of all the things we've said here today, by the way, I don't know if any of them will come true, but the one, if you said bet on something, the waivers and masks is going to happen. You're going to have to wear a mask I, I can to come see in that. You're, It's just going to happen. And if you're screaming at your radio right now, I won't wear a mask, well, then you just won't go to the game. And you'll get a refund on your tickets. You know, don't 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 tweet at me like, well, what happens? My you won't get a refund the same way you did with baseball. One thing that I'll say too is, I think there is a zero percent chance that there is no football at all. There's no way that we're going to go. Oh, we're going to play football. We're going to play football. I don't know when it'll start. I don't know how long it'll go. I don't know. There's too much the too much money to be lost. You can't lose billions. There is no the way the town that would we shut down. Football. Mississippi, the Star, Starkville and Oxford would shut down. I think it was on Six Pack Speak where I was reading a thread about this, and and basically somebody said it'd be like taking Starkville back to 1985 again. Yeah, if you did, and there's a lot of truth in yeah. that. I mean, there would be things boarded up. Your and, local restaurants and stuff would all close. Local, all the little shops that that have you know all the little boutiques, they they would close. You know, you, your chains would survive because they can. Hotels. A lot of your hotels would shut down. You know, or just you know, pack up. You know, you'd have two or three left, but yeah, you know, that's just that's just how it is. But that said, that's that's why before the the dear old state breaks out the doom and gloom graphic on us, that's why there is going to be football. Yeah, I'm optimistic because that's going to happen. I'm optimistic they're going to do it. I I I agree with you. I don't think it's going to be as scheduled again. Which seems like we change on that every month, depending Mm -hmm. on the month. Um, this month I don't think it's going to be as scheduled, but. They're going to play because, quite frankly, they have to. <laughs> I agree. All right. Let's uh, let's change gears here, and uh, let's move on over to our SEC preview. That's brought to you by our good friends over at Welcome Home Beef, who are uh, – they're just my favorite new business to start with, I'll be totally honest with you. I mean, that's not even because they, you know, pay us money. It's because they have beef. It's because they have, you know, we have, this town has needed a place like this, you know, a butcher shop, a place where you can go and pick up some stuff for the weekend. And, and you know, it, it's just needed it, you know. It's, 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 there's so many, you know, you go, you go to the grocery store and do stuff like that. But, you know, it's just not the same. It's just not the same being able to call your butcher up and be like, hey, can you get me this? Can you? And, and they're always saying yes. I asked them today, can you get me this? 
Yes. Didn't bat an eyelash. No, I'll look, I'll try. Yes. That's that's what you want. So I give them my business. You need to give them your business right now. So call them at 662-418-2021 or visit them online at facebook.com slash welcome home beef and find out what they can do for you. You got these free weekends. You yeah, might as well be cooking. cooking. So whatever it is you want to put on the grill, put in the pan, put in the pot, and a, a, a welcome addition from Welcome Home Beef is what you want to add to your menu this weekend. Again, 662-418-2021. Facebook.com slash Welcome Home Beef. Steaks, burgers, ribs, chops, whatever it is, I make you this promise. It just tastes good. Hey, I got a million-dollar idea for them, too. Hit me. Whether or not they play football or in tailgate and stuff, at yeah. Davis Wade and stuff, they need to put together tailgate packages of some kind. Oh, I'm sure that's going to happen. Yeah. yeah. And, and even if it, you know, you can't tailgate or, and there's no fans well, they'll or ship something, it to you. they'll ship it to you and have tailgate at home, home packages. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Shoot you. All right. Million dollar idea. Let's uh, let's go to the Welcome Home Beef Hotline. Talk. We're talking about Auburn today in the SEC preview. My good friend Jason Caldwell inside the Auburn Tigers, Auburn's 24-7 site, has joined us. Let's get to that interview. Joining us now on the Welcome Home Beef Hotline, my good friend Jason Caldwell from inside the Auburn Tigers, the Auburn 24-7 site over there. And Jason, if anybody who listens to this show knows that, you know, I'm pretty hard on Gus Malzahn for whatever reason. You know, I, every year I think, okay, they're probably going to lose four games, and, and normally that's where, where they are. I think I look at this Auburn team this year, and I think I don't think that they're better than Alabama. I don't think they're better than, 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 than Georgia, and, you know, they, they might find a way to slip up here or there. Why, why is this Auburn team going to be better than I, my – perpetual pessimistic view of them i think the, the first thing to me is when i look at, at bringing chad morris in I, I think this is a team that last year was was built to throw the ball more with bo Nix and with seth williams nancy schwartz those guys and they weren't built to kind of line up and run it and, and play that power game and you know it cost them still good enough to again win nine games be that nine and four where they were but I thought they had an opportunity with that defense to, to do more things had they opened it up more. And we saw, hey, we saw what opening up can do uh, with LSU. LSU was that basically a, that same team the year before, um, you know, with Joe Burrow, and you know they make a change, open the offense up, um, start using those wide receivers, and make people defend the whole field, and it changed the game. Um, yeah. Now I don't think Auburn's going to go and, and average fifty points a game and you know throw seventy touchdowns, but. I do think that Chad Morris is a guy that can bring a different dynamic to an offense, and I think it fits perfectly with Bo Nix. And like I said, the talent on this team, I believe it fits them. And hey, if we've seen anything right now is that you need to play some defense, but right now if you you got to score points to win games. And, and LSU's defense was pretty good. It wasn't great, but it didn't matter. Um, you better be able to score because that's how you win games right now. What do you expect from Bo Nix in year two? I think he's going to be much better. I think it's a good fit. And, you know, he didn't throw an interception after the, the last pass he threw at the end of the first half against LSU a year ago. So, you know, with 16 touchdowns, six interceptions, and, and started every game as a true freshman. And a couple of things for me that stand out. One of them was on first down, uh, he completed 65% of his passes, 11 touchdowns and one interception. To me, it, it was all about that team playing a different style of football. I thought when they got in, kind of a two-minute offense and did some of those things, he was at his best. And I don't think they'll run a two-minute offense per se, but I do think that it's, this is more suited to the way he's played his entire life. And, and it doesn't matter who you are at quarterback. If you if you stand back there, and, you know, you're running the ball and trying to establish a run and, and you wind up at third and eight or third and ten a bunch of the game, 
you're not going to be really good. And that's, I thought that's where they were too many times last year. So I think it's a better fit, just a style, you know, standpoint of what Bodnick does. I like Auburn's uh, skill position guys, you know, and then, of course they've recruited so well there. But the offensive line, just looking at this, you know, you got some young guys there for for sure. You know, you don't, not, I don't think there's a senior starter on that line. You can correct me if I'm wrong. Can this offensive line, you know, do what what's needed to do, be done in this offense? Yeah, once again, I think it probably sets up a little bit better for them. Um, you know, you're, you're you got a new offensive line coach in Jack McNeil Jr. and you got to replace, you know, four starters. I mean, you know, the only guy that you have coming back is Nick Brahms, who started for half a year. That's the only guy on this roster who's ever started a football game on the offensive line. So they got a lot of work to do in a short time. But I think if you if you're going to run kind of a control passing game a little bit. I think it takes some of the pressure off those guys to not have to stand back there and, and, and hold the ball a long time. And then I do think that, you know, this group from a physicality standpoint is going to be a more physical group than Auburn was the last couple of years. They don't have the experience, but you know, Rodarius Ham coming in, maybe a Keandre Jones and then a couple of junior college offense tackles to me have a chance to be more physical than the group was the last couple of years. That group I thought was a much better pass protecting group uh, that run blocking and and you know they just didn't kind of fit over there. I, I I think they got some talent, but man, you gonna have to grow up in a hurry with North Carolina in week two. Auburn's got maybe the uh, if you're putting together an all name team, there's no doubt Big Cat Bryant is a, a first team selection. Uh, just can can this defense? When I think of Auburn, I, I think of traditionally pretty good defenses. I guess kind of a general question, but, but where are things on the defensive side for, for Auburn? Yeah, obviously you lose a ton uh, when you start talking about Derek Brown and you know Marlon Davidson up front, two guys that were essentially four-year starters. Marlon Davidson was a four-year starter, which is you know unheard of almost on the defensive line in the SEC. Derek Brown, the, you know, the best interior defensive line in the country last year. Um, then you lose you know four starters in the secondary, both corners, both safeties. A lot of to replace. You got all your linebackers turning, which is a big deal, and they've recruited well. So there's some talent, but once again, you just got a lot of experience to replace. Big Cat Bryant, he's a guy that you look at. You know, Marlon Davidson was a guy that went from a junior of of, of you know pressuring the quarterback to senior getting the quarterback on the ground. Now that's where Big Cat Bryant is. Last year, he was a guy that led the team in pressures, but didn't get the guy on the ground. Now, can he finish? Get to the quarterback. Hit, make those hits, make those plays, and so I think you know he's one of those guys. That, there's some talent on this defense with you know Jamie Sherwood, Smoke Monday at safety, uh, Roger McCreary at corner. I think they've got some guys to build around. Just uh, you know that linebacker group, surely the only one that has all that starting experience. You mentioned the linebackers, of course. I remember doing you know in our War Eagle Sports Radio days, talking about Owen Papo and his, how big a deal uh, his commitment was to Auburn at the time. Yeah, what kind of player is he going to be? Because that's a guy that everybody had sort of penciled in as this is a, the next big thing at Auburn. Yeah, you know the good thing for them is they got really four starters for, and now essentially, you know, people only really play two linebackers. Um, you know, it's very rare that you play a third linebacker in a game nowadays unless you get goal line or a fourth and one situation. So you got four basically four returning starters for two spots, and you know, KJ Britton is kind of that true classic middle linebacker. And then Chandler Woods, another senior, and then you know Zakobe McLean has got to had to pick six against Alabama in the Iron Bowl, and you know it was kind of a speedster. And Owen Popo, man, he was really good last year. Uh, I thought a guy that was deserving to be uh, you know that All SEC freshman team, but he didn't have to play as many snaps as a lot of these other guys did, and so he was able to sub in. 
<clears throat> but a dynamic player. I think the next step for him is to become a guy that gets after the quarterback more. I think they'll turn him loose. Um, you know, he's got four four speed at you know, 215, 220 pounds. He's kind of that that perfect hybrid linebacker that teams are looking for nowadays. And so I think he's a guy that has a chance to really take things to another level this year, uh, you know, for this defense. The schedule, man. Finishing the season with LSU and Auburn, that is that is diabolical. I, you don't, I don't know that I've ever seen a, a situation like that. You know, how important is, is, is Auburn's game that, that you mentioned, that North Carolina game? That, that feels like sort of what the Oregon game was a season ago. You know, if, if Auburn had lost that game, I don't know that they would have gone on to have the season that they had. Winning that game gave them a big push. This is obviously week two, but is this a situation where a big, a big win over a North Carolina team that some people are, are sort of high on can be a, a, a push for the rest of the season? Yeah, especially because I think it's, the schedule sets up fairly well if you can get through that game. Uh, you got some you know, games at home, some winnable games. Uh, some, you know, there's you, know, you look at, at both Mississippi schools going. You know, those are, are very winnable games because you know you're you're starting kind of fresh and and without the benefit of spring practice for two programs that you know, especially the way they play on offense, it's going to be probably a, a learning curve for both of them. So you got those games in there. You get the Georgia game in the middle of the year, and that's kind of why you have LSU now at the end. You know, for Auburn, it was you had Georgia and Alabama at home back-to-back, which was great. But when you had them on the road back-to-back with, you know, just a, a kind of a throw-in game in between, it made for a brutal ending. Well, yeah, you got LSU and Alabama at the end, but at least you get one of them at home. And so uh, it helps to balance out the schedule a little bit. But I think that North Carolina game, week two, and then man, that road trip to Georgia there at the middle of the year, those are kind of make-or-break games. Uh, obviously, there's, in this league, they're all make-or-break when you look at it. There's not an easy one on the schedule. Uh, when, hey, when you throw Kentucky on the schedule, yeah. you know, 20 years ago, you go, man, thank you, we needed a break. Well, that's not the case anymore. There's, there's, there's not many of those breaks, especially the way Kentucky's playing now. So, yeah, I think week two and then Georgia, to me, are those two that you get to go, you know, good season, potentially great season, or, man, you got a whole lot of work to do. We may have hit on it at some point with one of the other questions, but if you looked at this team overall from a big-picture perspective, is there one component, one factor that you say, hey, if this happens, this team's going to be really good? Is there is there any big question or is there any big uncertainty that you just think, hey, if this goes right, Auburn has a chance to have a special season? I think if, if they can find that, that pass rusher, um, it's so important in today's football. Can you find that guy that gets after the quarterback? You know, they've had a guy that kind of stepped up the last couple of years. If you can find that guy, then it changes the complexion of a defense. And if you don't have them, then, man, it makes it hard to, to play football nowadays because the more people you have to send out to the quarterback, the less you have to cover. And, and it don't take it don't take very much for these offenses to pick you apart. So I think if Big Cat Bryant or T.D. Moultrie, um, you know, Derek Hall, a kid from, from South Mississippi, one of those guys steps up to be that kind of dominating pass rusher to me everything else falls into place. Obviously, that offensive line needs to play well and, and, and improve. But I think, to me, if, if that defense can get that guy, then they can play good enough defense. I think the offense will score points. All right. Jason Caldwell from Inside the Auburn Tigers. If you want to follow him on Twitter to follow more about the Tigers, I-T-A-T Jason on Twitter, man. Thanks for joining me. Thanks, guys. Appreciate it. All right. Thanks to Jason for joining us. I appreciate that. Learned something in that. Did not know about that offensive line. That is a red flag, my friend. You know, if I remember right, we were asking about that offensive line a year ago, too. 
We were. And, and that's, the beauty of it is when you uh, recruit well, you can get around these things. Because if you look at that depth chart, he mentioned Nick Brahms. He was a four-star kid. Brodarius Ham, four-star kid. Um, Austin Troxel, four-star kid. And they, 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 you know, these guys, Irvin, who is one of their you know, potential starters, he's a, he's a four-star kid. So it's not like they don't have talent, but you know as well as I do that that's having talent and, and being, you know, battle-tested are different. Yeah. And, and even with Knicks, who started all these games last year, you know, he's not he's just a, he's just a sophomore. So I mean, as good as he as he as he showed he could be, he's still young. So he's still going to make mistakes. So you know, this this team man, you know, you know how I feel about Auburn every year. I mean, I say there for he's a four-loss coach. He has lost four games or more every year. Now, granted, they've had some high highs. They're such an interesting team. You know, in that they have really high highs, but they have low lows as well. You know, you look at their the season was it 2015 when everybody predicted them to win the West and they went six and six. Uh, two years ago they were a top ten team, lost to Mississippi State, ended up going what seven and five in the regular season. So I mean they, they have some some bad times, but then at the same time they, they have years where they win the Iron Bowl and they win the West and they go to the SEC championship game. But they haven't ever had this season where they had less than four losses since Malzahn's first year. And I don't know why this year's going to be any different. So let's look at the schedule. They start the year off with they have three Mississippi schools on the schedule this year. They start the year off with Alcorn. I think hey. we'll both give the Tigers the win there. And then they the game we were just talking about with with Jason North Carolina. Uh, that game is at is that game at North Carolina? Uh, no, it's in Atlanta. It's one of those uh, those kickoff classic games. Even though yeah. it's in week two, I love to make fun of Richard on the show about North Carolina, about Phil Longo, the guru. <laughs> That said, that team is good. Sam Howell was really good a year ago for them. That program is, is on the uh, is on the uprise. I won't be totally surprised if North Carolina wins this game. Neutral site? Sure. Sign me up. North Carolina is, is who I'm taking here. Hmm. I mean, I'm not going to be surprised if they do, but I'm picking Auburn. Okay. Uh, Auburn should move to uh, – I'm sorry, Auburn plays four Mississippi schools this year. Week three for Auburn is against is at Ole Miss. Take the Tigers to win there. Yeah. Then Southern Miss comes. Does anybody play more Mississippi schools <laughs> than Auburn? They're going to be Mississippi State champs. Uh, they play USM in week four in Auburn. We'll take the uh, the Tigers there. And then that other game that, uh, that Jason was talking about, Kentucky at Auburn. This is the swing game for both teams, right? Mm-hmm. This is Whoever wins this game can go on to win nine or ten. Whoever loses this game is going 8-4 and four at best. Despite how I'm kind of with you on not being sold on Auburn, I've got them 5-0. I think they win this game. Since it's at home, I'm going to give Auburn the win. It's, it's, it's really close for me, though. I won't be surprised at all if Kentucky wins. But I'll put them at 4-1, and one, and then I'm going to put them at 4-2 and two because the next game is against Georgia. Yeah, loss. So 4-2, 5-1 for you. Uh, Texas A&M. This, the month in, of... The, in, it's in Auburn. Auburn. In Auburn. The month of October is a tough one for Auburn. I mean, this is the epitome of a toss-up for me. Because, it really is. Because I have zero faith that that A&M is you know, going to be any kind of a, a powerhouse. Yeah. But I, don't, I think I like – I don't know. I was going to say 
<laughs> what I about said was I, I like Kellen Mond. You know, we do the whole who's got the better quarterback, who's got the better this, that. Yeah. I think I like Mond better than Nick's. I think. You like Jimbo better than, than Malzahn? <sighs> See, I don't know. I kind of think that's a push. And then it's at home. Uh, I'm going to say A&M gets the win here. Okay. Since the, they've come into the conference, A&M is 3-1 and one at Auburn. Okay. So I, I'm with you. I'll give A&M the win here. So f- uh, I got them at something one, six and one. You got them at No, you just, took a, you just gave A&M the, the win, right? Yes. Yes. So they, you have them losing to Georgia, too. Oh, that's right. I'm so you got them five, and, five two. and two. I have them at four and three at this point. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah. Now they're on the bye week, and they come to Mississippi State. Now here's all I'm going to say. If they're four and three and they come to Mississippi State and lose. That might be that. Yeah. I don't know in this COVID-19 world if they can afford to do it, but they're going to want to do it. Oh, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that that, that may impact That will definitely impact it. It will, for no no question about it. But they'll want to do it. They might make it untenable for them. They might be like, well, we'd fire you if we could. Yeah. So, you know, don't don't come to us looking for any support. I don't think anybody's getting fired midseason. No, year. I don't think so either, but... So I think that. right now, as we sit here in July, Auburn's going to be the favorite to win that game. Yes. So I'll take Auburn. But stranger things have happened. Uh, then they they have a couple weeks in a row where they can sort of bounce back. So I've got them now at 5-3, and three and you've got them at 6-2. and two. Uh, Arkansas comes to Auburn on the 7th. W. That's a W, so 7-2, 6-3. Uh, UMass. W. W. 8-2, 7-3. And, uh, and, and then that, that finish that I mentioned, absolutely brutal. Uh, LSU comes to Auburn on the 21st. I like LSU there. Myself. Really? Even today when we don't know anything about Miles Brennan. Yeah, because I, I trust – I just trust – Trust Ed Orgeron. Imagine having this conversation that, with yourself yeah. two years ago. If I told you today – I told you today that you could either have the boys wearing Auburn – gear right now, they could come to Starkville and become the Bulldogs, mm-hmm. or the boys wearing Tiger gear could come to Starkville and become the Bulldogs. Which roster you take? Can I just get Bo Nix and take the rest of LSU's roster? See, yeah, see, that's where I'm at here, is that overall, I mean, I, I would rather have Bo Nix than the uncertainty that yeah. Miles Brennan would, but overall, I just can't go against LSU. Auburn has a ton of talent. I they mean, do. They're, they're, do. Their depth chart is loaded with four-star kids. They do. And I mean, I'm not saying that I'm shocked if Auburn wins this game, yeah. but if you're telling me to pick it today, I lean LSU. And so, maybe I'm just clouded by the fact they just won so the national So eight and three title. for you. I'm going to go with LSU. I'm, I'm, it's really close, though. Really close. So I've got them now at seven and four. So I've got them at seven and five. Because I've got them losing to Alabama. And you've got them at eight and four. So guess what? He's a four-loss coach. Yeah. No matter which one of us is right, he's a four-loss four coach. Four-loss coach. Now, I mean, obviously, UNC is a, is probably Auburn's probably favored there. I'm just telling you my opinion. Yeah. Um, Kentucky could go either way. Texas A&M could go either way. LSU could LSU go LSU could way. go either way. I think they're a decided underdog to Georgia and Alabama. So, like, the high end for them is to only lose those games and go 10-2 and two and finish second in the West. Um, the, the low end would be where I'm at, probably seven. I, I don't – It'd be tough for them to get six. And six, six. They would have to lose the state or Ole Miss. Yeah, that just seems unlikely. Yeah, as we said. I mean, today. state. You know, man. 
and not this isn't a Mississippi State preview, but to me, Mississippi State is such a wild card. Yeah, like, no, I have no idea what to think. Because you really could. I mean, it, you and I can sit here and, and and draw out a path to nine wins. Yeah, and you I could, could also draw six. Six. Yeah. 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 Right. I mean, we got a long way to go before that game gets here. Right now, Auburn is probably a, a double digit favorite. They're probably a ten and a half point favorite, even on the road. But as we get here, you know, you just don't ever know. So I say seven and five. Joel says eight and four. But ten and two. At the same time, this team could go ten and two, and I would not be totally. I would be pretty surprised because I don't think they're that good. But if they went ten and two, I'd be like, well, you know, that's a good coaching job by Gus Malzahn. <coughs> All right. Uh, if they went ten and two, yeah, I would feel good about like Mississippi State's chances of hanging with A and M. Yeah, oh, definitely. And, and like and LSU. And LSU. Yeah. yeah. What's the uh, the East team for next week? We've done Georgia, Florida, and Kentucky. So Vandy, Mizzou, Tennessee, or South Carolina? Tennessee. We'll go to Rocky Top next week on our <laughs> SEC pre. <laughs> tell you what, hillbillies. Do you know what I will forever think of now, though, when I hear that song? What? Standing on the field at Neyland Stadium towards the end of that game, yeah. Mississippi State at Tennessee this past year, yeah. and looking around thinking, uh-oh. Yeah, Joe. Joe's in trouble. in trouble. It's over. I mean, it's over. At that point, <laughs> because that that was. I mean, there had been some moments before where you're like, oh, it's kind of getting squirrely. But that was the moment for yeah. me where I was like, because that was not a good Tennessee this, team. This this might be. Now, over. They got better as the year went along, yeah. but that state should have won that game. They were much better than them. And I tell me, Tennessee turned it over what like four times, and state couldn't do anything with it. Yeah, yeah. it's a bad game. All right, so that's uh, next week. We'll talk about the Tennessee Volunteers. We have an opponent preview to do this week. Missouri. Got to get somebody in here for that. Uh, and then tomorrow on the rumblings, what to do? Parenting, no, I don't know. No, we've done that. Have we done parenting? We did. We did parenting and love and oh, all that stuff. Yeah. I remember doing love. I don't remember. We, doing we had some parenting questions in there. Um, ah, dealer's choice. Anything yeah, goes. Whatever you got. Whatever you got. Bring it on tomorrow in the uh, the rumblings. Talk to you guys tomorrow for Joel T. Coleman. Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi. Mississippi Media Production.